You're listening to the Detroit is Different After Dark Podcast Network. another episode of titties and tacos i'm your host sparkle and i'm tina d and the letter of the day is g it sure is g g i'm glad you're uh, i was gonna say that about you oh wow we starting with fake love this yeah, is I nice mean, you know, <laughs> it's springtime oh yeah it is right i hope so yeah my allergies say that it's spring so well, yeah only the allergies though i wish the weather would decide what it wanted to do well you know how that go when you're from the midwest <sighs> I hate meanwhile it. it's like 80 90 degrees in the south right now i'm just saying there's no reason for us to live in places like this wow i didn't ask to be here i this is what i'm saying clearly my mama was not pro-choice no <laughs> Pearl choices of places to live. You know, my parents left and came back. My mama did too. You know, every black kid was, their parents was in California at some point. For like a hot minute. In the 80s, yeah. Everybody, mama and daddy was in Went California. To, and then came back. And then came back, yeah. I don't I know saw, what that's about. I saw a meme that said, like, reasons to live in Michigan, family. And that yeah. was the end of the list. Yeah, that was it. I mean, because that's, that's it. Why do they all stay though? I moved to Seattle and came back for family. That was it. You came back. Yes. That gets yeah, family. Yeah, so I yeah. I came back for family. Yeah. To be around my family. Because you had to. Cause and you not raise be out a there. kid 3,000 miles away, dolo. Yeah, with with subpar doctoring. Yeah. That part. Well. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. Let's start how we start. Let's. Let's. Um. So, is it my taco? It is your taco today. Fantastic. Guess what I got? Hopefully, real food today. Oh, I'm like hungry. I brought it in? No, I didn't bring anything in. Well, why are we doing this if you're not going to feed me? <sighs> Listen, just like all types of other mythical beings, you catch it when you catch it. And one of these that mythical... That like STD. That don't sound mythical. <laughs> I don't want to catch no shit that I'm going to just catch. That shit sound airborne as fuck. <laughs> I don't, all I'm saying airborne is... Airborne chlamydia. I'm listen, good. I ain't trying to catch that. Listen, all I'm saying is... We've been talking about bringing in tacos since season and one. The, and the only catching I'm doing, you ain't got the proper equipment. <laughs> Ooh, okay, <laughs> moving on, because I want to talk about my taco. I don't want to talk about Fine. your taco problems. <laughs> Stop it. Yikes. Anyway, today I have a taco adjacent. Okay. Which I know you enjoy. I, I always feel a little defeated when I end up with just a taco adjacent. Why? Because I feel like I should come up with a full-fledged taco. But to me, you know, I think we should get rid of it, Jason. It is a taco if you call it a taco. Taco is just a word. That's <laughs> whatever the fuck you want What are labels? Be. We don't right. have to put like, labels. We don't have to put labels on things. We don't need labels. It's whatever you want it to be. Regardless. It could be a taco. Is it? Is it inside of some of something? It is. Then it's a taco. Fair it's enough. It's not taco adjacent. Taco adjacent is the shit that I do. <laughs> like make pasta and say, surprise, taco. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's taco adjacent. Fair enough. If it's going in something, I think that's a taco. It is. It's okay. still traditional taco meat. All right. It's inside of a pepper. You so know, it's I've a never taco. Liked taco meat. What? You know, like niggas with the taco meat. Can I please talk about food? Can we not talk about like 
right. the male human form for five seconds so I can talk about All food. Right. That's what I'm here to what talk is about. Your taco of the day, Tina D. It is a taco stuffed pepper. So you know how people make stuffed peppers normally? Mm-hmm. I'm talking about stuffing the peppers with taco things. Oh, cool. Instead of just doing, you know, just meat and rice or whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. Quinoa. I'm saying, yeah. A.K.A. Quinoa. First of all, no, it's quinoa. Please educate yourself. That's her ratchet side <laughs> when she decides she want to go out and be quinoa. <laughs> it is a good fake name to give people. Yeah. Like, if you put her next to some brown rice, she going to be quinoa. Hello, I'm quinoa sapphire. You put her next to some couscous when she's quinoa. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> Beyonce Sasha Fierce. Yikes. <laughs> um, like I was saying, it is, um, so it's just like your regular stuffed pepper, but instead you put like your taco meat that you seasoned with all of your taco fixings, then you add. <laughs> Do y'all notice Tina D don't ever have no recipes? No, this she is not about like the most basic ass way to it's make not, whatever the first fuck of all, you telling you, you go, to make. You go on Pinterest just like, like I did. Man. Just take all the taco shit. Take your taco thing. Put it in there. First of all, ain't nobody listening to this podcast. You don't know that because I know people who legitimately like recipes. Like, no, no, for no, no, real. No. I'm not talking about liking recipes or not. I'm talking about you listening to this podcast right now over a hot skillet knowing no. that you just... Exactly. That's what I'm saying. You can find the recipe. Motherfuckers do have good memories. Okay. And you can take your memory and type in taco stuffed peppers and look up the recipe because I'm just going to mess the recipe up anyway I'm just here to tell you what it made me feel like when I saw it so what kind of peppers red pepper green pepper orange pepper does it matter I think red peppers red or green now people don't normally do stuffed peppers it depends on what flavor you want so like red red peppers are sweeter so if you want like a little sweetness to it then you get a red pepper. Okay. I prefer it to just be savory. And, I mean, traditionally, people stuff red peppers for that reason because it enhances the flavor profile or whatever. I like green peppers because they're savory. Okay. And I want the whole thing to be savory. I don't want the little sweet aftertaste. Okay. But, um, but yeah. So, it's you take all your taco stuff. What I like about it is so you can use like Mexican rice and beans instead of your traditional white rice that would be in there. Mm-hmm. You can put that in the bottom and then you cover it in your cheese and then add sour cream and stuff after you bake it. And it just looks amazing. Like it I don't really, understand why you really would make pretty. like if you're good if you had the options of making a taco stuffed pepper versus a regular stuffed pepper. Like I don't see myself ever making like a regular stuffed pepper anymore because mm. that's just uh, me. Yeah, and rice. I definitely wouldn't after making a taco. Exactly. So now this is just a stuffed pepper. Yeah. This is how it it's should right. be. Exactly. We it don't should need no labels. Be, it should be a taco stuffed that's pepper. Right. And that's my taco for today. I love it. Thank you. And I'm I support it. You do. I do. You're being very supportive I, I today. I appreciate you. it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm not drunk yet. I know. It's a very nice time, this happy middle, before we get to, um, you know, drunk sparkle. Well, today we have um, a different setup. We are taking <laughs> a, a different setup. We are. We, we, I mean, we do. We are taking a break from. Um, Dying around. Yeah. You know, everybody got to sit their badge down every now and then. 
You know, you can't just be going out every week like that. Like, that's that turns you into Tatiana. It does. You know? Are we having a girls' night? Yeah. <laughs> Let's have a girls' we night. We're having a girls' night. <laughs> that sounds good. Pajama party, you know? Yeah. With the stuffed peppers or stuffed tacos. I peppers. mean, that's the only thing that's going to be stuffed. <laughs> it's about it. Party. Right. <laughs> So instead of the ride home, we having a girls' night today. Well, that's that's what's up. No, nothing, nothing can really beat that. Time out for the brothers. We gonna we gonna sit in and, and soak a little bit. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> we, we, gonna, <laughs> we gonna soak it a little bit. <laughs> we really back. been out here. If we gotta soak and snap it back, bro. <laughs> oh. So <laughs> you ready? I guess. Oh, my goodness. I'm ready. All right. All right. <laughs> so, you know, um, some may know her as Etta or Etta Fly. I know her as Espy. She's a graduate of the first inaugural Goldman Sachs 10,000 Small Businesses Program, founder of the Naturally Fly Detroit Boutique, manager of her family-owned bakery, Sweet Potato Sensations, right here in Detroit. Shout out Which has to the that. best sweet potato pies, hands Absolutely. down. Absolutely. In the fucking city. And they have karaoke and now. Hold on. And their brunch is dope. <laughs> yeah. Sweet potato waffles. Yeah. Shit is dope. It's crazy. Fuck. They have karaoke now, though. Do you know that? No, I didn't know that. Yeah, they're doing karaoke now. What? Yeah, I saw it all. Okay, we gotta come back to that. <laughs> She's the co-founder of the Naturally Fly Detroit We Rock Dope Hair Expo, alongside her dope ass sister Jen, which mm-hmm, is a mm-hmm. huge event where vendors come from around the country to discuss, showcase, highlight, sell, and engage in all things black hair and beauty. It is awesome. And she is one of the most brilliant, magical, and innovative women I've ever met and on top of all of that on top of all of that Mm -hmm. she is a certified grief recovery specialist Mm -hmm. and i am super thrilled to have her with us today Awesome. Hi, Etta Fly. Hey, hey, hey. Yo, yo, what up, dog? Nothing she can sign on like, I do this. <laughs> Keep sweat, quiet storms. Hello. That's that old J-O-B. <laughs> she slid right in there. She absolutely is. I don't know how else to talk. <laughs> that is so funny. <laughs> so the letter of uh, today is G. It is. And um, my G, you know, we talk a lot about uh, a bunch of nasty shit on this show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we do. We, we swing the pendulum from, like, Jesus to debauchery. Yeah. And we make stops in between. And, we, and so this is one of those stops. We're, this, this we're in between? Yeah. We, oh. We're in between today. Cool, cool, cool. You know? We're, mm-hmm. we're in right smack dab in, a, in the middle, in a good place. Yeah, that's nice. Um, and so like she is here <laughs> for my G. Okay. And my G is good grief. Oh. Yeah. Oh, man. Are we going to get into this? Niggas just turned us off and clicked on uh, the read. <laughs> like, fuck this. Did not come for real I'll things. I'll come back when she's talking about dick. <laughs> Yikes. Like, not today, guys. Oh. Not today. Well, first of all, don't speak too soon because I still have oh, to come well, after you. there you go. <laughs> you so, always can you know, be about whatever. <laughs> I'll tell you right now, I didn't bring anything of substance to the table today. Keep your hands in the ride at all times. <laughs> I did not bring substance this week. This vehicle makes some rough stops. <laughs> it does. Turns um, to the so left. Yeah. <laughs> so just you know. Well, in that case, ride with me for a few minutes. Yeah, let's and do we'll this. We'll get to Tina D to bring it back full circle. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm here for y'all this week. <laughs> so what provokes um, my desire to want to choose good grief as my G topic is that within the last month, 
Um, unfortunately, I know three people who have lost their mothers. That sucks. Yes. And I've kind of watched them publicly uh, grieve online. Mm, which that sucks which more. also sucks. I was yeah, about to you say, know? that sucks even more. Yeah. And, you know, just kind of through social media, Instagram, Facebook, search for some kind of peace and meaning and understanding. And it just broke my heart. You know, I kind of just felt super helpless. Like, mm. one girl, the way that she posted that her mother had passed was like, tr- like, I was, I stopped what I was doing and I don't think I was mm. breathing for a few seconds. Oh, no. She literally wrote, who is supposed to pick Layla up from daycare today because my mom died? Mm. Oh, my gosh. I was like, oh, man. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Mm. So, you know, I kind of was among hundreds of people, who, you know, reached out to her and just kind of expressed our condolences. Mm-hmm. And, but I, but she kind of stuck with me. Like, I know yeah. a couple of other yeah, people no, who hard. are experiencing the same. Because, like I said, within a few weeks, like three people lost their mom. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my homeboys, um, I know for those who, you know, follow uh, T.I. and mm-hmm. uh, the Family Hustle and everything know about Precious. Mm-hmm. Um, and my ex, that's his mom. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she she passed along the same time as this, this other woman I'm talking about, you know. So it was it was just a real, mm-hmm. real heavy on my timeline. I'm like, damn, yeah. like everybody kind of really going through some heavy, heavy grief. Yeah. And it just it just stuck with me. So. You know, I wanted to come. I wanted to have Ed on here and come and talk about grief. You know, as she is a, a certified grief that recovery is smart specialist. Because you know me very well, and grief is not my strong suit. Yeah, I mean, you know me. I don't. I <laughs> yeah, don't neither why? one of us. I don't neither handle, one. Neither nah, one of us do it appropriately. I don't handle death. Well. I would not recommend my grief process for any other person. Like I know for a fact that it should be tweaked well, yeah. and refined. My, I mean, mine too. And honestly, I think most people probably don't have a. A mm-hmm. real way that they grieve if they allow themselves to grieve at right. all. Yeah. Um, like, so for me, a, a year and a half ago, um, I had a very close friend unexpectedly die in a car crash. Mm-hmm. On his way to meet with the pastor to make uh, wedding arrangements for him and his fiance. Mm. And we have been friends since we were young, you know, grew up in church together, kind of often sought spiritual counsel from one another. Mm-hmm. And, you know, whether we were in like those good spaces or bad spaces with God, like we always kind of held each other down. Like, you yeah. know, we, it was one of them, you off that shit, I'm off that shit too. Yeah. Like, it's okay, <laughs> we get right back. You know what I mean? Like, that happens. And, and it's good to have a friend like that that yes, you can kind of go to and be mm-hmm. like, I ain't. I love God, but I ain't really on that shit right now. And G always kind of held me down and made me, you know, it was just very judgment free. Mm -hmm. And we had been friends since we were like, you know, 14 years old. So I was devastated, you know, when he, I I got the news that, you know, he died. And I think I've been spending like the last year and a half trying to make sense of that. You know, Mm -hmm. it just, it's fucked up because it comes randomly, like Mm -hmm. the emotion. Mm -hmm. And don't mess around and be on your period or ovulating or whatever. (laughs) And it's just amplified, like, you know, those hormones and emotions are amplified and yeah. so you know you just you gotta have some clear way of moving um through that grief and i felt like she was the best person to well i am be our ears. grief sherpa <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness that's a lot of pressure <laughs> so how did you how did you get into um becoming a specialist recovery grief recovery specialist Mm-hmm. Um, so first of all, thank you for y'all having me yeah, to hear to share to hear. and talk yeah. and to share what I know. As far as I know, I'm still learning and growing and stretching and evolving yeah. and all those things in, in this particular um, space of grief. So it's interesting because 
I kind of I would date it back to to like five years ago. But then when I really thought about it, I've been in this work for many years before it's kind of prepared mm. me for this. Okay. So when I was living in, let me see, I think it was when I was in Savannah. Okay, I uh, went to school down there for art school. Um, I was a grief um, camp counselor for kids. Oh wow! At the okay. Full Circle Grief and Loss Center, and I spent some time with kids that had suffered a traumatic loss—mother, father, uh, sister, brother, something like that—and mm-hmm. I spent some time with them, being a camp counselor, okay. sitting in sessions, group sessions with them, helping them navigate through this loss. And I just forgot about that. Oh wow! Yeah. I kind of mm-hmm. forgot about. Mm-hmm. Um, that and I've kind of always um, I had a very when I was I want to say elementary school Mm -hmm. one of my the first loss that I can remember and I always wonder now like where his parents are because I always call his name I'm really big on ancestors and keeping them present and keeping them around which I think is can be helpful in dealing with people that have lost Um, John Mm -hmm. Beeman is Mm -hmm. his name and he was in a car accident when I was in elementary school we're in the same grade I think he might have been a year older than me maybe but I think we're in the same grade. Mm-hmm. And I remember the story of something like his sister was driving and they were pulling out the driveway and his neighbor, I think, was drunk and just crashed into the side of the car. Oh, oh my gosh. gosh. And so that was the first death that Mm -hmm. I remember Mm -hmm. when I was at Detroit Open School as a kid and I remember the buses taking us over to Fellowship Chapel to the funeral and I just remember that so vividly and Mm -hmm. I didn't want to drive after that Mm. like I waited a long time this is just random information but I waited a long time to drive after that because he passed and then one of my first uh, boyfriends in school and at, at Ludington died in a car accident in high school. Oh, my so gosh. I've, and then wow. my play brother died in a car accident at oh, wow. Benedictine in high school. So mm-hmm. there's those, like, three. And then, right. of course, I have grandparents. But it was just something about those that right. were just right. like, right. yeah. yeah. Because you don't, I mean, when you're a kid, you don't think kids die. Exactly. Right. Yeah. yeah. You know, <laughs> it just don't happen. But it happens all the time. Now that I'm older, I know that. But mm-hmm. so... The reason why I got into this work now is because uh, five years ago and some change, my fiance, um, Draper Heath, passed away after a very short battle with stage four colon cancer. Oh, my goodness. And it literally shook me to my absolute core. Like, it just, it just, it fucked me up. Yeah, I'm like, straight up. I'm 32 years old and I am caring for somebody who is unable to care for themselves. And then, Mm -hmm. and also a person that you would think, like, you pay, you've made plans. You've, you plan your wedding. You've, you've named children. You've bought a house in your mind. You know what I'm saying? You you have a honeymoon plan. You picked out rings. You've done all these things. And now you're, and now you're, it's, it's gone. Yeah. So, and when I was in search of, of um, grief counseling because my some of my friends were like you need to go to therapy you need some counseling like <laughs> right. you got to be all right because I was like not okay I mean I could only imagine yeah, yeah. how do, how do you how do you become okay with that exactly so I was traveling around and I was going to all kind of places just trying to find like my tribe I was trying to find people that that had experienced this. I was also very vocal on social media um, after he passed. People thought he got shot. They thought he was in a car accident. They didn't yeah. know what happened because it really was out of nowhere. Okay. It was 17 and a half weeks from diagnosis to when he passed. It was oh very quick. Oh, my gosh. Quick. Yeah. And yeah. so... Um, I I remember, and I tell this story often, too, that 
Um, when I took him to the hospital for the last, what I did not know would be the last time, I wheeled him in the hospital, and this group of girls were kind of off um, to the side, and they were screaming and crying, screaming and crying. And somebody had been shot, and somebody ultimately had passed away. Mm-hmm. And I thought in that moment then, where are they going to go to grieve? Like, I literally was asking myself then, then, right. like, who helps them? Right. right. Like yeah. that could be a baby mama, could be a girl, could be a side chick, could be a lot of different things. The homegirl from around the corner. It could be a lot of different things. So I just wonder, like, where do they go? And then after Dre passed and I started going to different like hospice um, bereavement groups. And um, so did you and, find going to the groups? Was it um, was it cathartic or was it just really difficult? Um, I mean, uh, it was, or was it both. <laughs> It was a little bit of everything. I mean, I kind of felt at peace because I could be around people that um, had experienced some sort of because I was looking for spousal bereavement. So first of all, it was that, well, they didn't all they didn't consider me a spouse because we weren't technically married. So that was one thing that was kind of one group was like, well, you aren't his wife. And I'm like, OK, I took care of this man. I gave him. I'm going to say his, according to yeah, home. who. Right. Exactly. So and after talking to somebody else and they're like, well, yes. And I'm like, yeah, like what makes a wife? I got to have right. a ring and I got to walk down the I want to dress on. And Does that make me paper. a wife? Uh, I did way more than some wives would even consider right. doing, depending on the situation. Right. Mm-hmm. So I found it to be, once I was going, I found it to be um, um, some sort of solace. I was like, okay, people understand. Like, they're listening. Like, they, I'm not telling them nothing that they ain't done themselves. Mm-hmm. Right. But what the issue was that I was having, which is that I was the only black woman in these classes. Wow. And you can't tell me that black people are not losing people every single day. Right. right. And some of the most traumatic and crazy situations ever mm-hmm. in life. And mm-hmm. I literally was sitting in these sessions saying, where do black women go? Because I'm looking around, I see no, I don't see anybody. Mm-hmm. And I don't under, and I just don't understand that. And so, so like two years in, I wanted to create a space for black women, right. especially to have a space to let some air out of the balloon, mm-hmm. to yeah. be around people, to be in the community in which they live, play, and eat, and everything else, and be able to introduce mental health to our people in a safe way if and you I can think say that that's super super important um yeah. you know not because we just simply trying to find a space where we go to grieve but because you are working to remove the stigma of seeking support exactly and therapy mm-hmm. and counseling Right. Right. You know, because we we are like (laughs) burdened by this shroud of having to relentlessly be superheroes. And it's like, yeah, that's great. Black girl magic. Awesome. But black girls cry. Black girls hurt. Black girls grieve. Black girls are wounded. Black girls need healing. Right. You know, and you kind of have carved out a space um, to provide that. And I think that's just dope. It's been interesting. It's been, um, I was somewhere just, I was at the bakery. So we do it at the bakery at Sweet Potato Sensations. First and, what's and third. What's the address? 17337 Losser. That's Detroit. Uh, right across from the Redford Theater mm-hmm. on the farthest northwest corner of the city in Detroit. Mm-hmm. They call it Old Redford. I call it Detroit because mm-hmm. it definitely is. When yes. you send mail to the bakery, it says Detroit. It does not say yes. Redford. <laughs> um, and we do it there because we're a trusted space. People, we've been there for 31 years. People trust us. They trust our family. Yes. And it's a nice way to introduce um, mental health into the black community. Um and also, um, 
because we're always taught and there's nothing wrong with church nothing whatsoever wrong with church but I think that we need something in the physical um, space the mm-hmm. people to actually be mad at God yeah. people yeah. to actually curse and, and be pissed yeah. and as Patrice would say that I run the group with her Patrice Lucas from Coffee with a Counselor she's our mental health professional that um, guides the group and makes sure that everybody is safe and things like that mm-hmm. um, she would say God can handle it yeah he can handle it Right, mm-hmm. and a lot of times yeah. people use these words like, "Oh, they're in a better place," or "God won't put nothing on you that that you can bear." And I and I believe all that too. But when you're in the midst of some shit, it yeah. don't feel that's good, not right? what it feel like. And right. You don't mm-hmm. want to hear that, and you want to be okay to say, "I'm pissed, right. I'm mad, I'm angry." Yeah. So I started doing this work, and I, me and Patrice linked up because I just liked her methods. I like that she was not um, so far removed from the work that she was a community counselor and comes in on the ground. Like looking like the community and ready to and people hear her in a different type of way. When she speaks, it just it's it's just something different. And I appreciated that. And so we started doing this work. And so the the uh, Fisher Foundation started a program called the Brightmore's Leaders Program. Okay. Okay. And that's how our work began to get funded. Mm -hmm. So not the funding of the actual group, Mm -hmm. but the funding to get training so that I could be a better leader of mm-hmm. the group okay. because I didn't go to school for counseling or psychology right, or right, psychiatric right. care or right, right. clinical or anything like that. It's just my heart because mm-hmm. I know there's a need for people to get support and to need somebody in the community that has that looks some like sort of trauma training, yes. some sort of something yes. that can help yes. Yes make a situation a little bit easier Mm -hmm. so I went to California to the Grief Recovery Institute and got training and to be certified as Grief Recovery Specialist so we did that training and also went to Denver to the Grief to the Center for Grief and Loss and got training on grief support group training Mm -hmm. okay so which is so interesting because in a group um, in a class of like 36 people were the only two women of color black women in that group and most of the people in the group were working with with people of color I'm people sure. of color and they I'm were sure. very intrigued about how we started this work and how it's going and as soon as we started talking about it the pens mm-hmm. went up and the paper went out and they were writing and it's yeah. like you know so there's so much nuance that's the thing that the one thing that gets me particularly about I mean of all forms of healthcare mm-hmm. but especially in mental health care there's so much nuance in what it is to be a black person mm-hmm. like there's so much stuff that I even, as a person who tries to just educate myself more about a vast number of things, it's not even until I started reading other people's literature about the black experience that mm-hmm. I understand that there are things that I've never articulated right. but feel all the time. And then mm-hmm. when you're talking about something like, um, like grief and trauma, these are people who, if if they weren't a person of color, if they were just a just a majority person experiencing trauma, would have difficulty necessarily articulating everything that's happening with them. Right. right. Mm-hmm. Then you add, you just layer on top of it being a person of color, and then the only place for you to turn is a space that is foreign to you. Right. And there's, or even having to explain to a doctor right. what your cultural situation is before you can even get to the fact of the matter. Exactly. And that happens a lot with people in the group. Um, they'll say, I was going to this doctor and I had explained to him just about being black before I could even get exactly. to yeah. my mama died or my husband died yeah. or, or my neighbor or something. Yeah. And when you talk about trauma, it's something so interesting because trauma and grief are like two different things. So mm-hmm. if you 
you don't address the trauma right. of the situation, mm-hmm. you can't get to grief. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. we don't even address trauma. So, mm-hmm. for instance, so my fiancé passed... Um, his sister, his baby sister, who is now passed as well. Oh my she, goodness. yes, it's been a lot of so it's, it's so much going on. Um, she just recently um, passed in January mm. from cancer, mm. and um, she she was talking to me. She was like, "Esby, I think you. This was traumatic for you. Like this was. She, she said, I think you are suffering from trauma right now. Mm-hmm. And I was like, What are you talking about? Because my only reference of trauma is PSD. P, PTSD, PTSD. Yeah. and if you're in the war if you're in a car accident like mm-hmm. a serious car accident or somebody pulled a gun at you or or if you maybe have been raped or something that's like that was, yeah. that's my only sphere of reference for trauma something physical that happened to right. either a person close to you or to you, your right. body yep. but what I've learned is that mm-hmm. trauma is anything that is traumatic to you yep. so if you feel traumatized by whatever the situation picks something then it's traumatizing so what mm-hmm. she was able to enlighten me was just like what well, this is I can't even deal with the loss I can't get to the grief yeah I, I can't even get traumatized because I'm traumatized yeah. because when yeah. you because you know we watch these doctor shows and the doctor show will show you oh they come into the room and they pump the chest and the person comes back to life or yes. or person oh. just dies peacefully there's a whole that art is... to somebody passing and dying mm. that it's not um, mm-hmm. that we don't that you don't see on TV unless no. you've been in a room when yeah. somebody is taking mm-hmm. their last breaths yep. and so or even being a caregiver which I was the things mm-hmm. that lead up to somebody slowly transitioning in front of your eyes every day yep. that those phone calls of like hurry up and get home something's mm-hmm. wrong mm-hmm. from the person you're caregiving for yep. you're in a you're in another space so do, mm-hmm. do you feel like um anticipatory grief is any easier or more difficult um it's definitely something it's funny you actually you actually say that cuz people don't um really use that term a lot and even really share that but we had mm-hmm. we had one person in particular that was in our group um for a while and she was there because of anticipatory grief because her mother was in the hospital okay. and had been there for a while and it was like just kind of you know it might yeah. be coming and yeah. you're trying to prepare yourself her mother eventually passed several years mm-hmm. later but it was anticipating it was like mm-hmm. This is, you know, this is something that's yeah. you're kind of on pins and needles, mm-hmm. like you don't, like you don't know what's going on or when it's going to happen and things like yeah. that. So I think that is a that's a real thing. Yeah, it's a it's for me personally, it is kind of been the like gold standard of how mm-hmm. grief has happened for me in most of my close relationships, particularly as an adult. When people have passed because of just my background, because of the science and medical field being my background, mm-hmm. I, I know ahead of what my friends and family already know right. about what the likelihood and that sort of thing. So I do that religiously. Like it happens every time. Like I had I think the first time that I recognized it was like my uncle. Mm. And he had he had um liver cancer mm. and he went and he was doing okay and I was away at school, but I've always been a person, a science nerd, a person who is always reading and I just kinda knew how that normally goes. Like it right. only there's only so many ways for that to go. And 
there was a conversation that I had with um he he was actually my great uncle he was my grandmother's brother mm-hmm. and he, um I was having a conversation with her one day and she was explaining something very simple it's just that he had gotten pretty mean and very short with her mm-hmm. every time that um they were together and he had lost his wife maybe um a few years ahead of that and had moved in with her they mm-hmm. had he they had moved here and then she passed and then he was here and she was just talking about you know her as his caregiver at the time it was her and my dad who were his primary caregiver and she was just talking about how short he was getting and it was new and it was a stark change and at that point I think that was the point I started grieving for him passing because Mm -hmm. it was such a sharp change Mm -hmm. in his personality that I just felt like that he had decided that eventually he was going to be done fighting Mm -hmm. this like because what he was fighting her against were things that before he was really adamant about about his diet about his medication and all Mm -hmm. this stuff and he got to a point where he was just fighting and combative with her about doing it I'm like well he's decided that he's done with this and I remember thinking that and being young I'm like I tried to explain that to my grandmother and then she lashed out at me and I'm like okay well, well in, in this book that I'm yeah. re- that I'm reading called um, "On Grief and Grieving: mm-hmm. Finding the Meaning of Grief Through the Five Stages of Loss" by Elizabeth Kubler Ross. Oh, um, that's yeah, they. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a writer, and so I've been doing some research on grief, so I okay. can write about grief for Black women. Okay, um, but. Talking about anticipatory grief, that's where mm-hmm. I learned the term okay. anticipatory yeah. we grief. We use her terms and her yeah. uh, methods and <laughs> grief.com and the website and yeah. all the five. People might say there's more than five stages of grief, but mm. there, I mean, because you there's there's five. You could add more if you want, but you can cycle through them. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, just yeah. some people say, well, I think I'm on anger right now. I think I'm on depression right now. You know what? There's another book that I've, I was reading too called Anxiety, The mm. Missing Stage of Grief by Claire Bidwell Smith. Mm-hmm. And she talks about how um, how a lot for a lot of people, you can replace the bargaining stage with mm-hmm. anxiety, mm-hmm. and how anxiety is a lot more prevalent in those stages of loss. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, people dealing with anger and in a way of expressing frustration, and you know how it's nothing as frustrating as feeling out of con- as feeling out of control, and how the lack of the lack of control causes that anxiety. That would make sense. And how people don't really talk about anxiety in terms of grief. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the other book, in the on grief and uh, grieving book, I like the fact that. They said, you know, grief is the intentional, and this is a quote, grief is the intentional emotional response to the pain of a loss. Mm -hmm. It is a reflection of a connection that has been broken. Most important, grief is an emotional, spiritual, and psychological journey to healing. Mm. And I just... I think people need to be reminded that it's so multifaceted mm. and it's not just this physical brokenness, you know, mm-hmm. the maybe I'm not showering, maybe I'm not doing my hair, maybe I'm, you know, whatever. But it's a mental, emotional, psychological, physical. It's a it's a thing that literally takes over your world, yeah. mm-hmm. depending on the severity of your grief or your loss. Mm. And it's not just if I can interject, it's not just losing the person physically. Yeah. Yeah. We we do focus a lot on somebody passed away, somebody trans and somebody died but right? break, breakups to do break that break up yeah. divorce yeah. we have women coming to our group that has been through a divorce mm. has been lost her kids in a custody battle oh. um, God and you don't think about you know, no, I never would think about don't. that until they no. show up and I'm like huh 
Didn't think about that. Yeah. Um, lost their resources. Mm-hmm. Uh, got a promotion at their job and all their friends are the people that they manage now and that's a loss because they're not friends mm-hmm. anymore. Wow. Um, they lost their home. They've lost their sex life or sex whatever, drive, libido. Mm-hmm. But then when you kind of realize it, it's like, oh, but my mama died last year. Mm-hmm. Or, oh, I lost my son six years ago. And so these all these things are kind of compounded and they're strung together. And we mm-hmm. don't and you don't even realize some of these things because we've been masking it. Mm-hmm. We've been shuffling it to the side. We've been told to be strong. We've been told it's OK. We've been told, well, you, you know, aren't you over that by now? Um, oh. You're still going through that. Yeah. Right. And a quote we use often is grief is the price you pay for love. Mm. I will mm. never ever in this life that I live right now get over the fact that Draper has died what I will do is get about the business of living which is what Patrice says all the time is that I know I'm still here right and I have things to do but I and I don't hold it in my throat anymore like I used to hold it like a rock Mm -hmm. I hold it over to my left shoulder I hold it in my heart I hold it somewhere else Mm -hmm. I can still move and function Mm -hmm. at one point I couldn't because I was holding it so I was holding it up in my throat I I couldn't think I couldn't I couldn't even tell a story without breaking all the way down and I think we have to allow ourselves the space to be broken Mm -hmm. in the bend until almost broken and that is okay crying is ritualistic Mm -hmm. We tell we we have something. Oh, don't cry! You know, like we pass tissue around. Sometimes we don't because you, tissue stops the tears. Mm-hmm. We need to cry. Mm-hmm. We have not been crying for so long because it's a sign of weakness. Mm-hmm. I'm doing air yeah. quotes, and it's not. <laughs> it's like people cry when something amazing happens, or you cry when mm-hmm. you uh, when you're sad, or whatever the case is. And those are things that that we're not doing because mm-hmm. we're not. I don't. I think in the black community, and even the in the the person of color community. In general, we don't talk about grief in a way that ushers it into our lives so that we can include it in mm. how we move. Mm-hmm. We go back to work quickly. We are we're we're you know, we suck it up, we cry in a car, we cry in a pillow, we cry in a shower, and we don't mm. want nobody to see us crying. Mm-hmm. Our kids are not informed on, well, mommy's sad and that's okay. Then yeah. mommy's sad because daddy isn't here or mommy's sad because 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 mommy's mommy died. You know? Mm-hmm. And they see how we move with that so they can better understand how to move through mm-hmm. our grief. It's funny mm-hmm. you say that because my daughter, um, she told me a few months ago, she said, I'm here to teach you how to be happy. <laughs> I said, okay. And then a couple of days ago, she says, Mommy, are you happy? I said, no, not today. I'm not. I said, she says, well, are you sad? I said, yeah, I'm sad today. And I turned to her and I said, that's okay. Mm -hmm. I said, that's okay today. It's okay to be sad sometimes. I said, but I'll be happy later, Mm -hmm. you know. And that's my goal to kind of begin forming the fact that it's okay to emote. Mm -hmm. It's okay to feel your feels and be where you are in that moment. You know, I'm big on not staying in darkness, but that don't mean that you don't spend your time in darkness. Right. And I think it's so important. I'm so happy that you said that to her because a lot of times we don't say that to our children. We try to, we, you know, try to, I mean, we all do it. You know, it's honest. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Unless you're being conscious. I was talking to my best friend the other day and I was telling her like, oh, this stuff is going on and I'm so upset. And her daughter is so like in tune. She's so like, (laughs) like my best friend is like, I call her a free range parent because she's just she has a free range daughter oh my god I got she, one of them and she can just do what she she's like seven and she can like cut food up and she can pour yep. stuff in the refrigerator she just gets toast and she just makes it and so yep. 
she just does what and she just she gives her the autonomy to like do Mm -hmm. what she needs to do and when it's not right she will correct her and Mm -hmm. she that's how they move and Mm -hmm. I appreciate Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. and so she's on the phone with me and I'm talking about my feelings and Layla says um mommy is SB having problems with her feelings right now (laughs) something to that effect and she's like well like I talked to you yesterday about your feelings we had that conversation Mm -hmm. it's okay to feel those feelings and SB's having a moment right now and we're talking through this and I was just at first I was like but she's so she's just in she she at seven for her to I forget the exact word she used but mm-hmm. it was so just is this be having problems um, you talking to her about her I mean for her yeah. to even say yeah. it like that and yeah. to know that to have a and full so, understanding of right to have an understanding that, that mm-hmm. she can't hear me talking but she hears her mother response to what I'm saying right. mm-hmm. and she's able to know hmm something maybe something isn't going on right mm-hmm. so I think that we have to make those conscious efforts to give us give ourselves and that teaches her to both to be um, supportive to people who are right. in the midst of emotion as right. well as mm-hmm. emote yourself so that's mm-hmm. I mean she's getting a double lesson right there which right. is awesome mm-hmm. and something else I think about often too is like we in this uh, social media world oh, get man. out your feelings why you in your feelings I can't stand Everybody that that's <laughs> and I don't like that at all because I feel like we don't feel enough and you have to feel if somebody close to you has died yeah why should you not feel? Right. Why should you be over that in seven days? Yeah. Or if you yourself have been through something traumatizing, you know right. what I mean? Maybe not even necessarily the loss of a person, but maybe you've had um, something terrible happen to you. Exactly. And you've decided, okay, well, I'm going to pack this away and just keep it moving and not realize that is still impacting the way you live your life, the decisions that you make, the mm-hmm. relationships that you establish, why you can't necessarily be as present as you like in some spaces because mm-hmm. you haven't dealt with things that have uh, have happened to you. Exactly. Yeah. And sometimes they turn into compounded grief, which yeah. is something different when, and there's another term that I slip in my mind at this, it's like an extreme case of grief and I, don't, I can't pull the word right now, but I did some studying at Columbia for a session and talked about compounded grief and complicated grief is what it is okay when you're not able to function like mm. grieving is fine mm-hmm. I mean we do that we grieve mm. relationships we grieve um, all different types of things that have happened and even people even one of my staff has been posting a lot about she's about to get married later on this year she's like I'm grieving my my singleness Mm. Wow! Like and she's like, I want to oh, take wow. the I opportunity see, I to grieve my that. singleness. I have. I, that's something that I thought about as a person yeah. who yeah. formerly was a commitment foe, mm-hmm. and and now moving into a space where I actually want to be married. Yeah, I think about that all the time and how life will change. And mm-hmm. so I will say this though: it makes me intentionally more grateful for where I'm at now. Like, I like sleeping by myself. And I know for a lot of women, they don't. They mm-hmm. want they like to have somebody at night. Well, for me, I like I, I literally sprawl out in my bed on purpose. Because mm-hmm. I'm like, this ain't going to be your life forever. Mm-hmm. But you, sure. I want to appreciate my moments while I got them. Right. And so that I can really move into that other space and appreciate that. Because exactly. I've lived this space till it's fullest. Right. But I think that comes from the fact that you that you have a a resounding and a solidified hope that that's not your space forever. And I feel like a lot of people who get caught into that, you get caught into this is going to be forever. Mm-hmm. You know? That's true. And that's what happens is you get caught into, like, whatever it is you're feeling, mm-hmm. being the feeling forever. forever. And you have to be reminded that it's not forever. Right. And I also think it's you being present. Yeah. 
on the same at the same note you're saying so it's like you being present on um, just what you want in the space you're in and knowing like mm-hmm. you said that it won't be forever it's right. like you know I'm going to intentionally take up my whole bed Right. Yeah. And I won't sleep in the whole thing because in two years, it's going to be somebody sharing this space with me. And I want to make sure that I've used up all my right. sleeping right. space. Right. Because when he comes and exactly. when he comes to sleep next to me, I want to be like, yep. Exactly. I'm tired right. now. I'm yep. tired of sleeping alone. Yep. I want to be able to yeah. be, on, be on my man and, right. and enjoy him in my space. Right. But I, I think you can only fully enjoy what's next is, is only if you enjoy what's present. Yes. And a lot of us don't do that because we're because we're looking over what's happening now Mm -hmm. um and even and even to a certain extent like not even appreciating where we are now because we're looking Dre said to me all the time when he was battling this i'm always looking to the next thing i was like oh well maybe Mm -hmm. god wants us to to like go go all over the world and talk about how we beat this thing and how we how this happened and he was like can we just deal with what's happening right Right now? now i could not deal with that yeah like the now and I was I needed to see after Mm -hmm. I could not see the now so I think we have to really sit with those things and also knowing also knowing that everything I'm a strong believer of everything that I have went through leads me to these points that is happening right now Mm -hmm. and it's all necessary yeah and it's it's jacked up yeah. yeah. Much yeah. Necessary. Let's say that as much as it's necessary. Yes. Like yeah. I don't want as fucked up as it is yeah. necessary. Yes, yes it right. is. Because the yes, because most is. of the women, if not every single one of them, I would not have met them mm-hmm. if it wasn't for him passing away. Yep. I wouldn't I wouldn't be at I would not be people would not be coming to the bakery in crisis, which they do, and showing oh, wow. up and looking for me when I'm at work. Mm. Coming, I gotta come crazy. out and start That's count and crazy. have to counsel uh, people or call ambulances or call police to oh to get them in safe. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. So I would not be doing this work. I don't think. Um, if this didn't happen mm. and so it's just so interesting so it's really just equipping people and letting women know that they're not alone like that it's okay to walk through all these steps and to feel we don't want to feel nothing yeah. I have to reaffirm a, people the, all the, the time I'm the first in line for that I don't I, I, I yeah, absolutely was, we don't feel it until we and feel it and, and then it's over and then it's and it's bad and then, you can't, <laughs> and then people say well I don't want to feel because I don't think I will stop crying and Patrice would say I've never met one person that (laughs) never stopped crying they do stop eventually Mm -hmm. but you might need to Mm -hmm. I can I mean I've been losing people since I said John Beeman when I was in elementary Mm -hmm. school at Detroit Open School and I and they happen it just happens all the time but Mm -hmm. even like you made a comment about um being in science and medicine and things like that I think because of the background and the training that I've had I'm able to see these losses a little bit differently Mm. it still affects me though and I let it yeah like I let it because I'm human like I let it sit with me I let myself be like oh like I appreciate that you do that yeah Yeah, women who need to know Somebody has experienced what they've experienced and made it to the other side of it. Or made yeah. it, you know what I mean? Made it right. through somehow. And I didn't think, let me tell you something, child. Let me <laughs> well, tell I mean, you. I mean, I've known I you for a minute even, now. Yes, <laughs> like, 
I did not think I was gonna make it. Yeah, I believe that. Like I'm I tearing up. I didn't think I was gonna make it. I didn't think you were either. To be honest, I didn't think I was gonna make it. I think I was, girl. I did not. I did not think I was, I I was gonna make it. You. I would pray for like, you. Like for real. And Tina D can attest to the fact I'm such an empath. I'm such an empath, and I'm an empath for. I'm a special empath because I'm very, I love, I love love. And so for people to be in love and be with their person mm-hmm. and experience what I saw you experience. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, okay. Hold up. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I'm already, my eyes is already right. tearing up right now. I'm like, Jesus. Um, <laughs> you know, it, just, <laughs> it broke my heart. And I just, you know, yeah. I, would, I would tell her and I would get Terry talking to her about you and him and, you know, and everything and just in really for real praying for you. And I know you had all kind of people praying for you and right. supporting you and everything. Yeah. You are so totally totally widely loved and adored <laughs> right. you know you got people from you know all across the globe really in your corner but just as another person and watching it play out the way that it did you know I just right. you know it, yeah. was, it was emotional for everybody yeah, yeah I say I've said publicly and privately to people before that I literally think that if it was not for people other people praying for me I am so serious whatever whoever you pray to you light a candle you light an incense you go to the right. tree outside <laughs> yep, you go yeah, to the mosque yep. you lay on a prayer rug <laughs> I'm an equal opportunity you, I receive whatever, whatever it is <laughs> if, if the prayers are honest and they come in from a sincere place I literally feel mm-hmm. like if people did not pray for me in the way in which they did and send me good energy I just cause that shit literally turned my imagine. world upside down I would have never I cannot imagine. Ever. And then being young. And so then when I was posting a lot about it, a lot of women, and I didn't even know a lot of women were reaching out to me on social media because they had also lost their significant other young. And I was, you kind of expect that when you're older. You think, oh, I'm 50, I'm 60, I'm 70, I'm 80, I'm 90. You expect this. You don't expect it. At 32, and he was 37. No. You don't. You don't. You don't even know how to. No. You don't even. Uh, how, how what do you, you do with where that? Where do you start to how process you, something like that? That's how do you. Who yeah, are you? Like right, what? Like right. what do you even? Mm. How do you even navigate through this? Well, and I, so, I got on too much makeup for this episode. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why you did it. I came looking like this intentionally. I came in my good comfy pants because I knew where this was going it for took me. me too long <laughs> to do this. I but I feel like I think it's. I think it's dope. I feel like we need to have these. Actually, Patrice and I were coming off the idea of doing some more podcasts and grief work, just talking because when be I first <laughs> when I first started talking about it online, people were like, "Is it going to be a podcast? Is it going to be Periscope? Mm-hmm. How can you?" Because there were anybody in their area that they felt comfortable with just talking yeah. about it, and you don't. And I love all people, okay, mm-hmm. but I think other cultures, uh, our Caucasian sisters and brothers, like they, these are conversations. Not every, not all the time. Time, but mm-hmm. for the most part, these are conversations that they talk about. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. they give space to it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And when your child is sad or somebody, it's like we gotta. It's like we have to give space for that, and it's okay yeah. to send the baby to counseling. Mm-hmm. It's okay when somebody at their school yes. has. I want to go into school sometime when they've had traumatic losses in the school and be able to sit with these children yeah. and to talk to them about these kind of things. It's yeah. okay to to be heavy on mm-hmm. this for it to for it to 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 like 
stay home yeah. and to take a break. I mean, even in the workforce right now, if if a significant other dies, you may get four days. If your mama dies, you get three. Right. How do you even... <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, yeah. how do you navigate through... You have to at least go through four seasons. Mm-hmm. At least. Yeah. And I'll tell people in the first year after Dre passed, I don't... I can't even remember what, what happened. happened. I legit, as honest as I'm sitting in this chair right now, I cannot remember Mm. 2014. Mm. Um, mm. He died November 13, November 2013, but the 26th, day before Thanksgiving, oh, he, he passed goodness. away. I cannot remember what I did. That whole I year. can't, but I will also... I believe it. I, I literally can't, but I will also say, too, um, as just some other thoughts around um, how to stay connected to our ancestors. So I took an Afro-Cuban mm-hmm. dance class after he passed because um, I just needed to be fr- I needed to be wild and free mm-hmm. and a lot of other things and connect. And something I took away from that class was that he's an ancestor. And mm-hmm. for me, it was like he was just gone. Mm. I couldn't accept the fact that he was just gone. Like yeah. I didn't, mm-hmm. uh, I didn't understand that. I could mm. not accept it, and so it channeled me into another thought process of he is an ancestor now. He guides you with God. Mm-hmm. Like he's moving things with you with God. Like he's, oh, he's <laughs> like sh- shut that door. She don't like it like that. She, you know, <laughs> like let's do this like this. Like it. Oftentimes I'll be like Dre. Like if it ain't right, can you tell God? Can y'all do something? Can y'all move? I right. mean, let me know. Is this what you want me to do? Like right. mm-hmm. and so, um, <laughs> and so a lot of times our ancestors will send us like. Mm. Um, will you know send us um messages and things if we're open to it yeah so that we know that they're that they ain't gone yep and i got that from you i i you were the person who you know again watching you on social media kind of go through this whole process and um turning to referring to him as an ancestor mm-hmm. kind of gave me some comfort about some stuff that i was dealing mm-hmm. with and one of the things that was said when um i attended my friend's funeral was He's the future and not the past. Mm. Mm. And that really consoled me in like a a really deep way. Mm. Because when you feel like, okay, this is not so finite. It's not so absolute. This is just a simple part of this space-time continuum. Like we just on a a certain timeline right now or we're in a certain space right now. You're going to have to turn around. Um, I can't look at your face. Uh, we are all in full yeah. tears full right tears. now. I, I can't, My I'm face is burning. I, I can't right. look at you. <laughs> okay. All right. Thank Go you. Ahead. So <laughs> Go ahead. Finish. And um, you know, it just made it. It made seeing that person again hopeful. It made it possible. Mm-hmm. And like you said, I couldn't accept that this was over. I still can't accept that this is over. Right. You know, I accept that this is now, but it's going to be different in the future. Right. And so, yeah, so this is my ancestor now. Right. And I feel, you know, like I said, that's that was the homie. Then that was my, my spirit. That was my Jesus buddy. That was my spiritual buddy. Right. So a lot of times when I'm talking through stuff, you know, spiritually, you know, I talk to him like, gee, what yeah. you think? You know, that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. And it was no, crazy, though. It's like some shit happened, though. Like where I get like a clear sign or symbol or whatever. 
And I feel like, okay, I can move they're forward. Because they're still here. We stop talking about them. Yeah. Because it makes other people feel uncomfortable. Right, right. But we keep them alive and present when we keep talking about them. I talk about Dre like he's still. People be like, he's, I'm like, oh, yeah, he died five years ago. They be like, huh? I'm so sad. I'm like, I know. I know it's sad because I'm in a different place now. I'm still sad because I'm in full tears, but I'm not. Right, right. But me crying is not like me being down and out. Like, right. I'm honoring him. I recognize he was here. I recognize his effect on my life that's ever present. Yeah. I'll be so much better of a woman and a wife to somebody amazing because he came. Mm-hmm. Right. You know what I'm saying? But I feel like we have to acknowledge that. And it's things like, um, like, uh, like for instance, a quick story. Um, so he used to always kiss me on the, you can't see what I'm doing, people, but um, <laughs> like the, okay, so, so where your lip is, the little, is a little, above your lip. that little, mm-hmm. that little indention, right? And okay. because I think noses are kind of nasty because snot comes out there in burgers mm-hmm. or whatever, mm-hmm. I'm thinking like, oh, don't do that, that's so nasty. And so after he passed away, uh, one of his really good female friends was like, oh, I dreamed about him the other night. And I felt like, how you dreaming about him? And I ain't had no dream. He can't even dream. And I was like, mm-hmm. wait a second. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What's this about? And so people were telling me. <laughs> I'm with it. People were like, you know, um, maybe you just, you know, you're still very hurt. You know, you had, you know, you're not open to him coming to you yet. And mm-hmm. I was like, okay. So some friends of mine and family got together and and helped me get a trip to Costa Rica to get my whole mind right. Right. Okay. And so when I got there, I realized that I didn't have enough money to eat for these next nine days. Oh, my gosh. I was like, oh, maybe I don't have enough. So I went to Walmart when I used to shop at Walmart. I don't shop there anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and to buy lunch meat and bread and things like that to kind of hold me over mm-hmm. as I just was going to stay at this Airbnb and just cry for the next nine days. Right. right. Okay. And so I went there and I picked up some Snapple bottles and I picked up some food and stuff and brought it back to the Airbnb, labeled it, put it in the refrigerator, went, went back upstairs. A little while later came down. I was like, let me get a bottle and go back upstairs. And I I came back upstairs, sat on the side of the bed, cracked the bottle open, took a drink, and they had these facts on the, on the inside, inside of the bottle. Yeah, yeah. mm-hmm. And I'm going to paraphrase. I used to care with me, but it said, uh, fact number 1,142, something like that. The indention between your nose and your top lip is called the philtrum. Mm-hmm. And I literally... Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> We're going to have to end this episode. <laughs> I'm crying. I literally literally lost it on the side of the bed in Costa Rica and some random white ladies like Airbnb beautiful place I literally lost it and it was and then I said oh this is a coincidence oh Mm -hmm. this and I try to then I try to justify and then that's the thing that happens right behind it you have something significant happen and you try to rationalize it away like away from what it is you need to heal versus acknowledging that ancestors they come Mm -hmm. to you they speak to you if you invite them into your space they are not gone right and so I hold on to that I also hold on to a thing that um, he got me and I'm sharing this because I think we all have these nuances that Mm -hmm. happens and we brush over it and we overlook it and we try to just oh that was just a thing and it's it's somebody that has that has transitioned that is trying to give you some give you something a gift so Valentine's Day maybe a few years prior he had got me one of those Hallmark little things that open up little heart I mean little 
It was a flower vase that has oh. a flower that opens up and says, I love you on the inside. And you, close, oh, wow. and you press the button and it closes. Uh-huh. It had been dead for years. It just didn't right. work anymore. Mm-hmm. This was the first Valentine's Day after he passed. Okay. And I was, of course, feeling my, I was in my feelings. And yeah. I was rightfully so. Mm-hmm. And I went in the office and the, the flower was sitting on my desk. And I pressed the button and I'm like, this thing. It was closed. Mm-hmm. I'm like, this thing. I'm like, this freaking sucks. I'm just upset about this whole thing. Absolutely. Several well, hours, you're right. <laughs> right. Several hours later, I come back mm-hmm. into my office after I've been working for a few hours. That freaking flower was open. Oh, wow. Oh, my goodness. The freaking flower. <laughs> I'm so serious. Oh the freaking flower was open. And I stood there, and my sister was in the office, too. And she, so she was in there when I pressed it, when I was like, and nothing happened. Right. And I was like, oh. Whatever. Right. And she, and when I came back in the office, she was sitting in there. She saw that flower. She was like, oh, my Ooh, God. God. <laughs> yeah. We both were like, Ooh, girl. oh, my God. Ooh, girl. And I it's started for me to go. And I was like, Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> and she came in. She was like, he's here. She just started, like, like talking. I was just, I mean, I'm bawling yeah. and crying. And I'm just bawling. So it's like, I, I take these moments. Mm-hmm. I take them and I share them because I want other people to know that their loved one, their whatever, is not so far that we think. Mm -hmm. They're closer than what if we're open to keeping them in part of our life and in the conversation and and feeling all the feelings and and getting to acceptance and going back to denial and going to anger and going back to bargaining and going to acceptance and going and then going back to something else and then and it's not not that we accept them dying but that Mm -hmm. we're still here right yeah I think, and you're you're the expert, so you I'm let me not, know. I would not say expert, Lord. <laughs> but you're the you're am, the I've done you're some the work. more knowledgeable <laughs> of of us in this room right now. But I saw something. Yeah, are we, are we passing tissue? Please pass it around. Oh my around, god! Right? I did not intend on crying today. Sometimes Girl. you be so full, child. You just be so full. You yes. Like, oh my god! I'm gonna just leave it by me because Ooh. whenever whenever this happens, because I don't cry enough, I'm sure it's it so funny because I thought you were gonna be going. like the hard one in here because you were like, oh, I don't even grieve, and I was like, no, she no, not no, no. I looked over and said, is she crying? <laughs> it happens continually, like yeah, whenever it's best. She got feels lucky. Yeah. <laughs> That's what happens when they go underdressed. I but cry yes. all the time. I'm not, I'm not crying. Makeup off, right. that. <laughs> but I saw this thing particularly about grief that I thought was good, where they drew a box mm-hmm. and there was a button in the box, and then there was a giant ball in the box, and they say when you first experience loss, the giant ball is a is is the loss and it's pressing obviously because it's taking up the full space of the box it's just continually pressing on the button and the button is like pain and grief Mm -hmm. and they say as years pass what happens is the ball gets smaller but it's still in the box so it's still bouncing around and so what happens over time as the grief ball gets smaller or you know as you begin to heal it gets smaller it's not that it ever goes away it's just hitting the the pain button mm. less and less right and i just thought that mm. was a nice visual that is a nice visual because yeah. that's kind of how it goes like you have people that pass mm-hmm. and you'll be fine mm-hmm. and then one random thing will happen or a series of things will occur and right. then my grandmother died when i was 20 right, right before i turned 21 and right. um it's crazy that I was thinking about this yesterday, <laughs> how long she's been gone. Mm. And it doesn't feel like she's been gone as long as she has. Right. This was in mm-hmm. 2007. Mm. And um, 
it just it kind of just feels like it, it just happened yesterday because I remember exactly where I was. I remember every single moment of that. Right. Because my grandmother and I were very close. Our, my family is small. My mom's the only child. Mm-hmm. So we have a, we had a very close-knit family. And my grandmother kept us a lot while my mom worked. And, it you know, it, it's crazy because sometimes I will, you know, I have days where I just really, really miss her. Mm-hmm. And I kind of get, you know, emotional. And then most of the time I miss her and I, I still feel that grief there. Mm-hmm. But you're right. It has it's a, not, it's, it's not it's, hitting it's like not that as, pain. It's not part. as severe. Right. I'm not as right. debilitated. Because right. right. originally I was fucking debilitated, like legit, yeah. mm-hmm. out the fucking game. Mm-hmm. And over time you collect yourself, you're able to, you know, go about as you put it go or Patrice go about yeah. the business of living right. um, and the ball does shrink but the ball never leaves right. it's right. not it's not and people like, well, when will I when will I feel better or when will I it sounds so cliche but it's time and it sucks and it's allowing yourself to feel the holiday mm-hmm. and to feel the birthday and to feel the mm-hmm. seasons change mm-hmm. and, to, and, the, and when you finally I remember um, when it was getting to like there was no more work to be done in his regard like we had done the funeral and then so yeah. maybe a little while passed and now it's like now the now the tombstone is about to go in mm-hmm. and or the headstone I'm sorry right. and it's like I was saying to Nikki his sister I was like now what do we do like right. and she was like that's it baby like Mm-hmm. This is it. Mm-hmm. It's like there's no more. I have no more business to tend to. Yep. So it's all these things we have Damn. to really let yeah. yourself feel these. You know these things. Even getting rid of. I still have most of his things in my basement at my house. That's something else I have to. You know that I just kind of forgot about because it's been down there. Even medications and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So it's like you have to allow yourself to feel all these things so that the ball can get smaller. Yep. Mm-hmm. And that you can be okay with like today is not a good day. Yeah. Today I'm not feeling like. A1. Some people remember dates and times and moments and they count the seconds and the hours since their loved one has passed. Some don't. But mm. your body, my body will remind me. And in a something else I want to address is that if we don't address grief and trauma in a healthy way, allowing ourselves to fully feel that and to get some therapy, some counseling, some mechanisms in place to help us navigate through that, those things sit in the body and turn into other things. Yep. For instance, after Dre passed, and I use myself as an example all the time so people <coughs> hear real stories, mm. um, I was in a dentist chair for that for that whole next year. Mm. Why? Because wow. I, was, I was gritting my teeth at night Mm. Because I was mad. Mm. Wake up in the morning, mm. my jaws were in pain because I was you literally grinding my teeth at night. I had to get mm-hmm. root canals and other shit. I'm breaking teeth because I'm upset. Mm. Or I was going to training with my trainer and he's like, well, open your legs up and stretch. I could literally only open my legs up maybe a f- two feet open wide, like sitting on the floor with your legs open because I was holding in my All hips. Of it in your hips. In my body because mm. why? Yeah. I had to go back to work. I had to manage people. I got to talk to my parents. They will make sure I'm okay. I have to smile on camera. It's like, mm-hmm. let's be going on TV and smile and tell people at the bakery I can't be on TV you know, right, you know, air right. quotes crying. Right. I gotta get it together. Air quotes again. Get it together, girl. Suck it up. Mm-hmm. Get it t- so those things sit in your body and turn into disease. Yeah. If we don't, and, and people say, oh, I thought you were okay. Now you're walking with a limp. Now your back hurt. A lot mm. of these pains we're feeling right now is because we have not resolved some things, some trauma, some hurt, some heartbreak that's going on in our own bodies that, that we're carrying around mm-hmm. in the physical space. Yeah. I'll be back. Y'all just going to finish this episode. <laughs> <laughs> 
nothing. Girl, nah, nah, it's, nah, This nah. is real. I mean, this it's is real, real things that we don't. And I remember one day my trainer and wow. I'm on the floor trying to open my legs and stretch, and I it was painful. He mm. was like, "Boss, you gotta let that shit go." Yeah. And I was like, I mean, I looked at him like, "What?" I went in the hallway. <laughs> I was bawling. Yeah. Because I'm holding you're all holding this. In, yeah, I'm mm-hmm. holding it all, and I can't. It's, it's manifesting physically. Right. And now I can't walk. My back is hurt. My hips is tight. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I'm thinking, it's, I'm thinking it's something else. But it's like you have got to figure out how to. And it's not honoring the person right. by holding it like by that. And that's it. hard. Mm-hmm. That's hard to really say. Mm-hmm. Like, people feel like, well, if I don't keep all the things, if I don't mm-hmm. do this, if I never date again, depending on what the situation is. Right. Um, then I'm not honoring that that uh, person. So yeah, yes. We got a whole other. <laughs> we sure do. I don't even want to. I was do wondering it. how long we've been talking. I was like, hmm, girl, how long has it been? I don't know. It was worth it, but don't worry, <laughs> don't worry. When I come in, it's this nice little palette cleanser, so everybody can just go on. It's very short. I got it all together. Okay, don't you worry, Sparkle. You ready? Yeah, girl. We're going to transition. I don't know how to physically transition from where we were at into <clears> my <throat> thing, so I'm going to just jump into it, and y'all can y'all can just laugh and joke with me. So, my G this week. Ooh. We need to just take a breath. <laughs> right, I mean, we need to take a, we need to take a beat, you know. I, can't, I need a beat. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, okay. We just, yeah, okay. I need a Deep breath. <laughs> I promise you, it won't take nearly as much out of you as this this whole conversation is unless you know if that's how you feel but my g is simply for good not great shows and why it's still an important part why of your is everything listen this is exactly how <laughs> i, I like handle you my got stuff one hobby it is an important here's the, here's the, i just want just to solidify how right you are i just want to include then the in parentheses is still an important part of the netflix experience <laughs> So, I would just like to talk about a few, you know, good, not great shows that I've been watching recently and why they're still important. You know, like everybody wants to talk about, oh, man, I love such and such show. I love this show. You got to watch it. Everybody wants to talk about it. Or this show is trash. You know, what about the good but not great TV shows? (laughs) You know, I feel like they deserve their time in the sun. I like your G. You know? That's cute. Isn't that, isn't that a nice little, we're going to take this nice, easy, breezy walk right yeah. out this show. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> so, ladies, if you join me. So, now, I have picked for myself what I consider, let me see, one, two, three, four. I have four good but not great shows. Okay. Some people might argue with them because I've heard some people really enjoy some of them. But for the most part, I feel like we can all agree. So the first and most controversial I'm going to start with Uh-oh. is... Don't say it. Umbrella Academy. Okay. <laughs> Umbrella Academy was great. It was not. It was. It was very good. No, it was My great. My has been talking about that show, but I haven't but watched it. Watch oh, you it. haven't watched it. Okay, so I won't spoil it. But yeah, it don't was, spoil anything for anybody. I won't. Yeah, and I won't. But this is the only one that even has some level of spoiler to it. Everything else I feel like we can just talk about. But it was good, but it was not great. Okay. It has real significant plot holes, number one. It has 
we oddly developed story arcs for a couple of the characters. Like, not poorly developed or undeveloped, but oddly developed is how I will phrase that for two of the supporting characters. And um, it was very predictable. Uh, so it was not. It was it to was me. You're, you're only saying it was predictable because Ellen Page was the star and you were feeling like she was going to have a larger part. No, than- no, no, no. Outside of that. Outside of it so, being that obvious, because that added a level of obviousness to it. You said but it was even, more obvious than that? It would have been obvious. So you knew if, what all of their powers were going to be? No, the powers. Not so you knew how the plot was going to develop? Yeah, how the At whole the last thing was, episode, you were like, oh, I knew this was going to happen. Honestly, yeah. I don't know about that. But I like a lot of superhero stuff, so it fits all of it. And I'm not saying that makes it terrible. I said it's a good show. It's simply not great. Whatever. And people are out here really just championing it as great. And I'm just here to say, nah, fam. <laughs> that's it. That's it. That's the it. That's all it is. Also, the episodes are really long. It takes a while to pick up. Nah, yeah. It takes forever to move through Umbrella Academy. It really does. I did not even have enough happening in the first two episodes, and which is cool if it's a 20 to 40 minute show, but it was an hour. That's two hours. Yeah, for so. Two hours and nothing has happened. But that's the that's the only controversial one. So some of the other ones, good and not great, but I've really enjoyed them. Okay. But they're only good but shows. good, but not great. Right. Mm-hmm. So the next one is Working Moms. I yeah, know I agree with that. Yeah, I know you've watched it. And it, it is, it's one of those shows where it's like, there's a lot that I identify with and there's a lot that I can relate to and empathize with, which you need that in characters if you're going to watch them. But at the same time, relatability kind of like, was high. Um, level of enti- entertainment was mediocre. Exactly. I couldn't have said that better. Yeah. But yeah, I really related to it, but I was just also not interested. I honestly think I related to it too much. To find it entertaining. <laughs> if that makes sense. It was, it was more like a... But not great. <laughs> yeah. It was more like a... Uh, um, yeah. It was just more like real life in a way that turned me off to yeah, it. In a way where you like... Kind of like House of Cards. I stopped watching House of Cards when Trump got elected because this was no longer entertainment. Yeah, this, this was ain't reality. Funny no more. Like yeah. this ain't this ain't no game. Nah, uh-uh. There's somebody crazy. It's cool at the watching wheel. House of Cards when Obama is here, right? And everything's chill, and you know everything's fine, and this is just a show. But that's the same. Re- that's the same reason that V had to go off the air. V yeah. had to go off the air when Trump got elected because no longer was it fiction. Yeah. So that was that. So Working Moms is another one. This is this one. The next one, kind of in the similar fashion to Working Moms, is I'm Sorry. Have you watched this at all? Mm-hmm. You watched that? Have you watched no, it? No, I, I don't watch any of these shows you're talking about. They're all, they're, <laughs> they're let me tell, let me start with, these are overwhelmingly white shows also. So, white so or British. So, what you watching on Netflix? Yeah, what are me? you? Yeah. So, I don't watch Netflix. Okay. Okay. Well, that I <laughs> don't watch regular TV. I watch it on Hulu because I'm okay. not home. I watch Hulu. To watch yeah. it when it comes on. So what I typically watch, I like a lot. So I watch This Is Us. Okay. I watch... Um, that seems like a cry fest. It, it does. It can be, depending <laughs> on like what's going on. Okay. I watch Law & Order SVU. I'm okay. a oh huge my God. fan yeah, of that. Yeah, yeah. I get um, into that. That's a good one. <laughs> yep. I watch so all the Chicago PD, Chicago oh, Fire, yeah. oh, Chicago yeah. Fire, <laughs> Chicago <laughs> Med. Oh, Med, yeah. I watch, New Am- I watch New Amsterdam. Oh, okay. my God. You watch uh, all of them. I watch, and then my favorite show that I will say right now—it's mm. so horrible. What? 
my 600 pound life oh, oh that's hers that is hers let me tell you about we just gonna pause on my G let me just I'm sorry, I have it's to not have really this your G, but no it's, listen it's no 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 that, oh my god I get so fucking listen, tired of hearing about my 600 pound life my 600 pound life, life. I started with this cause I was working nights okay at the at the hospital <laughs> mm-hmm. and so I'm in the I'm in the room so and <laughs> I'm so serious I love this so that would just be the channel that was this on and all right. the rooms you know every hospital is just like they pick one channel and that's right. all and the TVs like the are hospital on it. channel. That's the channel that's on. Right. So the channel, I didn't even know what channel it came on for so long, but I was faithfully watching it every time I had a, a midnight shift, uh-huh. patiently, and I'm just sitting here watching my six. Girl, let me just tell you, watching these people, first of all, the people and the doctor together is just a such an interesting combination because the doctor is straight face in everything doctor now? yes and yeah, everything he says he's just that. like you you clearly you seen could have lost meme? 30 pounds you yes. see the meme you clearly could have lost 30 <laughs> pounds this month Tis if you month. follow the diet <laughs> if you follow the diet and you're watching them and when they have the cameras following you're watching them knowing full well like I don't know where in your brain you think this is going to be okay when you go back to the doctor, but it's not. It's so interesting. Like, I'm watching. So, I'm on my own, like, weight loss journey for a mm. long time. And I and people get mad when I say this, but I say I'm on the road to be regular fat, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Just regular fat. No, just like, it. and that means something different for everybody. And I yeah. kind of, I say it in a joking manner, but I'm serious. Yeah, no. And improving s- casually is my personal model. Like, I'm casually improving, right. like, every day. Yes. Yeah. So, <laughs> this show, like, one time he said... He was like, in order for you to, people say, that I think this diet is just too strict. And then mm-hmm. he said, in order for you to keep up this lifestyle, mm. you have to eat 20 to 30 thousand yeah. calories a day you have to work hard that's I was the like, thing they have committed <laughs> yeah but, it, but then the, but then the clinical esque side of me mm-hmm. goes into and I have it they're incorporating that more so now yeah they're incorporating the therapist because yes, every need single person that's experienced yep that is eating that is basically bedridden mm-hmm. and is, somebody's bringing them the food somebody's taking care of them washing yep. cleaning them has experienced some sort of trauma yep as a child every time every single one of them nobody is like Oh, I Nobody. had a perfect childhood. No. Nope. And my parents stayed together and we're still there now. Everybody, one girl was Every- gang raped and then her, she was on drugs and then this happened yep. and this happened. She had an abortion. She gave a child for adoption. <laughs> Every time. Like, this is why you eat. This is, this, this is what's eating you. It's very clearly. And the thing is, it's never just, and what really is profound is it's never just that. It's always the person and their significant other and they need cup, they need yeah, therapy toxic, together yeah. because they are just like symbiotic. Yeah. But yes, I could go on about my 600 pound life I freaking love it like every single time I'm happy just, somebody else shares that with no, me no I really do enjoy it that is awesome okay so my last one and then we can be done and we can keep going because this has turned into a very long episode but <laughs> um, so my last one and I just finished this one is Turn Up Charlie now yes <laughs> let me tell you how Turn Up Charlie is good oh, but my not God. great Oh, he's first so of all, fucking fat. <laughs> it's just I just paused my television so, like about six, seven times to just thank and God these, for making this make the only good part. Well, I won't say the only. There's that a couple. There's fine. a couple of other good parts, but the main good part of this show is honestly Idris Elba 
and using his native accent. That's the thing that really pushes it over the edge for me. Like, I'm tired of seeing him out here pretending to be American, and I know you're not. I know you got this whole British accent that you could be out here using, and you just don't for the sake of American cinema. Forget that. Okay? Go back to wherever you need to be, wherever you came from, and perform over there. I love it. Now, the show itself, the substance and the premise of the show, honest to God, I don't know. I don't know what the fuck it was about. (laughs) I watched every single episode. I think I binged he, it. He was kind of a <laughs> nanny and a DJ. He was a manny. He was a manny and a DJ. And there's that part. And he was and kind some of white people. And they were and friends. Some friendships. Or and some there shit. was a little girl. It was a little sassy ass girl that needed to be smacked in the mouth. Yes, yeah, she did. But then you found out that her daddy needed to be smacked in the mouth more. And so I was cool with that. And so it was a good show. Mm-hmm. But definitely not great. Nah, it was great. Because I <laughs> don't even know what it's <laughs> I don't even know what it's about. And I can't classify it as a great show if I don't know what it's about. Whatever. I can't. I'm just saying these sorts of shows I think are necessary like, for your ne- I, I, for I your I'm Netflix. Shit, like, where my chocolate man with that beard at? Girl, girl, let me tell you. Everything's better than chocolate. Turn but, up Charlie. Uh, turn mm, up Charlie. Mm, mm, mm. Can't wait. Hope there's a season two with me no soon. With no sound. <laughs> Just watch it on mute like I did. <laughs> Just watch it on mute. But um, but yeah, that's all my genius. Good, but good, but not great shows. You know, I like it. You need them. They're they're Ew, good. They good space fillers. They are. Like I I watched all of these because I've been working on a, a website for my nonprofit, and they were great things to have on the background. On the background yeah. yeah, and they're necessary. I don't need to have to be all in I and know the storyline. My baby went to sleep, and I watched Turn Up Charlie. I don't want to know what else she did besides watch Ooh, Turn Up Charlie. Turn Up Charlie. <laughs> Anyway, that's it. That's my G. All right. Look at that. Nice, quick, concise. All right. Well, let's move on to let's life hacks. It. All right. You go first. My life hack is real quick and of simple. Course. Sound like she didn't have one. Nah. <laughs> okay. What is it? You know, people love to eat um, sushi. Okay. You a sushi lover? Mm-hmm. Okay. You a sushi lover? Me? I'm not a sushi I'm cooked allergic sushi. to all, to all sushi. sushi. It's got to be cooked. Okay. Well, this is a tip on how to eat sushi. Okay. Throw it in the trash. <sighs> you just decided to piss off half Throw the people that listen to this. Throw sushi in the trash. Including our guests. And this is how you act. So we you have don't, a, so, we have a, so we you have don't a like rice? You don't like rice? Not unless it's quinoa. Oh, my, oh God. my God. That's not rice. <laughs> That's the whole point no, of I'm not a rice. I'm not a rice person. <laughs> that is not rice. No. I'm Put sorry, y'all. Trash. I can't take her nowhere. Throw she's candy corn in the trash right along with it. <laughs> she is uncultured, and I don't know what to say. That ain't my culture. <laughs> I'm cultured in the nigga culture. <laughs> Good night. No, you're not. You're not even cultured in that culture. You know what? Miss No Black Enough. <laughs> I said sparkle a no, gif come on, from we got cool and she didn't up. know nothing about it. I didn't even <laughs> see your blurry ass gif. I've seen Cool Runnings a thousand times. It was from Cool Runnings. It was. I good. didn't know what that was, and I went about to read that little ass caption on that tiny ass gif you didn't send me. Uh, Oh man, that's because there's not enough cool running <laughs> Like, what the fuck is this? I thought it was um, uh, 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 remember the Titans because I couldn't see. It looked like oh, people no. in football uniforms. No, they had them old janky helmets on. That's not the point. Anyway, my life hack for uh, today is oh yeah. So when your phone dies, because mine frequently does, mm-hmm. and I am also uh never without my charger. But a little tip is if you're driving in particular, because we need to be connected all the time, charge your phone in a airplane mode. It charges faster. 
Oh yeah. So if you I got like if you got like a quick like twenty minute ride from mm-hmm. one place to Put another, put on an airplane motor. Yep. Yeah, put it on an airplane, plug it in because you know that charger is slower than anything else. Yep. It'll charge it up faster, and it, then you have that does work. You'll have battery when you get to Make where sure you're going. Make sure they have prayer before because people can't stand being twenty minutes while their phone is on airplane. No, I know. I just say that. That is crazy. For the good people of the world that right. can't live without their phone. Right. Yes, exactly. <laughs> airplane mode, twenty minutes of just a long and time you with die. your phone. Right. While you're, that's why I suggested while you're driving because you shouldn't really be using your phone while you're driving exactly. anyway. It's the best for that twenty minute ride somewhere where you shouldn't have been on your phone in the first place. Yeah. But uh, yeah. So charge in airplane mode. Do All that. Right. It's quicker. It's a good life, right? All right. Well, that is the end of this show. Yes, it is. Brought to you by the letter G. G. Yes. Feel free to, um, you know, check us out at the Nacho Card. Mm-hmm. Like us on Facebook. Um, come and chat with us. We will also have all of Edify's information up there if you are looking for a space to go and emote and grieve and all of that. Or you looking for some good-ass sweet potato pies or, oh, and girl. delectables. You whether and you and whether, karaoke. <laughs> whether you know it or not, you looking for what they have. You looking that for sweet potato sensations <laughs> is you, what you doing. You may really. not know it, but you are looking for what's We're in there. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so we will have all that information at the nacho cart. Um, you can find us on Google Play. Spotify, Stitcher, and iTunes. Also, while you're on iTunes, guess what you can do? You can rate us five stars and five stars only. Anything else you can. <laughs> Keep it. Keep it. We don't want it. Take it back to your mama. Share. Subscribe. Um, And do all of that. And then until next week. Eat a taco, rub some titties, and we'll holla at you next time. Thank you. And thank you, Edifly. Yay. Thanks for having me. Bye. Listening to the Detroit is Different After Dark Podcast Network.